Well, there's confusion over COVID. Where are we at with it? Is it uh, under control? Where are we at with boosters? How do I get one? Do I still need one? What do I do regarding a PCR test? What about rapid antigen tests? Whole range of questions. COVID is still out there in the community, but uh, what impact is it having and what should we know? Joining me now is Professor Nicholas Spurrier, Chief Health Public Officer. Um, Professor, good morning to you. Thanks for your time today. Good morning, Graham. So where are we at with COVID? Is it under control? Is it out of control? What should we be doing? (laughs) Well, I think I would say it's definitely under control. Um, When we compare what it was like at the beginning of the pandemic, when we didn't know anything about this new virus. So we certainly know a lot about it. And we've also got excellent vaccines. And we've also got some really good antivirals for people who are more vulnerable. Um, But like any virus, it comes in waves. And um, uh, because it's a new virus, it hasn't worked out when is winter, when is summer, when should it be doing its wave. And so basically we get a wave when the immunity in our community uh, starts to drop. And we can predict that that would happen about every three to four months. So it's not unexpected that we've had a wave um, over this Christmas period. Now, um, the numbers peaked around mid-November and then since then I've gradually just started to decline. But last week we did have a, a bit of an uptick it didn't go up as high as it was at the peak in November and um, we'll just have to wait and see what happens this week to see if we get more decline. Usually at this time of the year people um, have settled down like they've had all their Christmas parties um, got together but now we've got a lot of people on holidays so not really going around meeting a lot of other people and of course school hasn't gone back either so usually the mobility being less in January we tend to see a drop in um, COVID that's what we've seen the last couple of years so Let's just see what happens. Um, the other thing that we keep an eye on, we're still doing the whole genome sequencing of the, um, the uh, bacterial strains that come through. Uh, and we had mostly XBB. Um, and actually, as an aside, the new vaccine covers that variant. Um, so if you're going to get a booster, do get that one. Um, but just over the last couple of weeks, we are seeing more of um, BA 2.86. That's the one that people have called Parola. And um, there's now a new subvariant of Parola, um, which is JN.1. And that's starting to creep up a little bit as well. And look, this is not unexpected. This is what viruses do. They try and get a biological advantage. And um, as I said, we keep monitoring those variants. But the things that um, South Australians need to do haven't changed at all. We need to be thinking about if the really the most important thing from my perspective is people get sick. So if you wake up in the morning, runny nose, bit of a sore throat, please don't go to work. Do a do a rapid antigen test and just stay put. Um, ring your boss, see if you can work from home. And um, if you are positive, try and stay away from other people because it just stops that spread of um, onward spread of disease to other people that might be more vulnerable. And then the second thing is um, if you um, are thinking about your vaccines, particularly people over the age of 65 and those with chronic health problems, especially those who might be on um, chemotherapy for cancers, uh, your immune system's not working so well, so please get a booster. And um, if you haven't had a booster in the last six months, you really need to be thinking about getting one. Professor, a question from a caller. Uh, they're heading off overseas. They've had COVID twice. They've had four jabs. Should they get another booster before travelling? 
Look, I think this is a real personal question that you're worth bringing up with your GP. They know, or your pharmacist, you know, they know your background history, um, your medical history. And, um, uh, you know, when you're traveling, you're, you're close to people, you know, you're sitting in the airplane, but you might uh, also consider wearing a mask. Um, and uh, when you're away, it depends what sort of um, activities you're going to be taking. Are you, are you going on a cruise or are you going to, at, going to be out hiking in the, you know, in the Italian Alps? You might not be at high risk if you're doing those sorts of activities. So it really is um, very much an individual discussion with your GP in that regard. Uh, also, another question here. Uh, with testing being part of our arsenal against COVID, it seems the move towards GP referral only PCR testing is a perfect storm against the backdrop of lower than ever before bulk billing. Um, look, let's just put that into context. When we were at the beginning of the pandemic and our strategy was to get everybody vaccinated um, because that's the modern way of protecting us against infectious diseases, we wanted to stomp that virus out the minute we detected it in South Australia. So detection was absolutely um, critical, which is why we had all of that um, unreferred testing allowed and the drive-through testing and such like. We're at quite a different stage now where um, we've got other ways of managing the disease and you know we've got over 95% of our population with at least two doses of vaccine so highly vaccinated um, community uh, so now the focus on the, are those people where the vaccine is not as effective because their immune system's not as strong so that's older people and those with chronic health problems and those people are eligible for oral antivirals so we want to focus the PCR testing um, we want to make sure it's available for that group of people. And, of course, those people need to be in contact with their GP because that's how they get their oral antiviral. So it's a bit of a package. Um, I've said many times that if you're in that category, you need to be having a plan with your GP. And many people actually have a referral form with them in case they do get symptoms. Even for those people, though, Graham, um, doing a rapid antigen test if you've got symptoms is a great idea because if it's positive, you don't need to get a PCR anyway. Um, and also, can I just thank South Australians who still report their rapid antigen tests to us? It means that we've got a good way of tracking how much disease is in the community. So thanks again for doing that. There seems to be a bit of confusion. We had one caller say earlier that they, they went to get a booster to a local pharmacy and they were told, you know, you're 64, you don't qualify. What, what is the situation regarding qualifying for or being eligible for boosters? Yeah, so look, the vaccine program is a Commonwealth program. Um, I have checked the um, Atagi website or the Commonwealth website recently and it says that they're going to be putting out some more advice about boosters. Um, I know some people that wouldn't, um, ha wouldn't fit the eligibility criteria and they've received it from a pharmacist. So um, I, think it, I think it does depend on the individual pharmacist. But my, my real advice to people is your GP and pharmacist know you the best and go and discuss it with them. Um, the, the recommendations for the majority of Australians are um, the primary course is two doses and the uh, booster um, is your third dose. Uh, and for the majority of us, that is absolutely fine in terms of reducing severe disease, hospitalisation and death. Um, we were all able to get a, another booster at the beginning of 2023 and many of us did that. That's my last one I had in February 2023. And then I'm just waiting um, for Atagi to review the literature to see whether I, you know, it's reasonable for me or, or if there's a need for me to have another one. Uh, and I think the vast majority of Australians 
Australians are really in that category. But when I look at it at a population level, the people that really concern me are older people that haven't had a booster in the last six months. And uh, Graham, over 30, it's just over 30%, so it's about 31% I last looked, um, in aged care residents had a booster in the last six months. That means there's a large number there, you know, 70% who are really vulnerable. Um, and th- those are the people that need to be thinking about the booster. Do you think people are getting complacent because it, it's been around for years now and, you know, yeah, I've had COVID and I got over it and I'm moving on and so they're not even thinking about getting a booster? Um, look, that might be so for the majority of us who are pretty healthy, but uh, I think um, we need to keep reminding people who are in a more vulnerable group, which is, again, those older people um, and people with chronic disease, um, that that uh, that booster is life-saving. Um, and I've certainly, with the older people in my family, I've reminded them about that. Um, and, again, that age group, they're pretty used to getting boosters because they're the first ones lining up and asking for the flu vaccine. Um, but, uh, of course, when you're in an aged care facility, you do need the support of the facility and also your loved ones to, to make sure that you get covered. Is long COVID a big problem in South Australia? Um, look, long COVID is something that um, we certainly don't want to forget about. Um, we've, you know, there are more reports um, coming out over over time. There's more research in the medical literature. Um, I think when when we last reviewed it here, uh, and the Doherty Institute actually did a very good review, the majority of symptoms do resolve by 12 months. But the other thing that really came out in that review was that um, vaccines reduce your risk of going on and getting long COVID. That's the one thing that actually was 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 the biggest factor in reducing your chances of long COVID was was making sure that you were vaccinated. A question about uh, rapid antigen tests: Are they able to detect new strains of COVID? Um, so the rapid antigen tests are um, fine for um, picking up COVID, just generic COVID. And um, they are not as sensitive as the PCR. So, you know, if it, and the reason is with a PCR, um, they amplify, the laboratory actually amplifies the little piece of virus, whereas a rapid antigen test is, you know, you've just got the piece of snot out of your nose and you stick it on the plate. You know, nothing else technically has happened to it. So it's not quite as sensitive. Um, so um, it's fine. There's been no suggestion that it's any better or worse with any of the new variants. What it can't do is, of course, course, we can't uh, test the strain on a rapid antigen test. So we only are able to do our whole whole genome sequencing on the um, samples that get to the lab where we've done a PCR. Professor, thanks so much for your time today. I think you've answered a lot of people's questions about COVID. No problems at all, Graham. A pleasure.